Ask Wildman, the weekly show from full-service digital agency Wildman Web Solutions, is ready to answer all of your questions about marketing, tech, and sales to grow your small business. Each week, the Wildman Web Solutions team tackles your questions and trending topics live. Learn strategies and tactics to take your small business to big revenue. The Ask Wildman show starts now. Hello, this is Ask Wildman. My name is Miles Bassett. Thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, sorry I was out last week, but hopefully you had fun with Mike talking about marketing funnels and all sorts of other salesy type stuff. I'm sure that was a lot of good information, but um, for those of you just joining, this is Ask Wildman, an open Q&A show produced by Wildman Web Solutions. Uh, we're a digital marketing agency here in Lawrence. Um, and we are here to answer any and all questions posed to us about um, technology, marketing, advertising, business, or anything else you want to ask. So if you have any questions about anything, go ahead and throw those questions in the comments below, and we'll try to address them as they come. Um, or you can email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com. Uh, if you're watching this later or something, we'll get to your question next week. This is a weekly show. We do this every Wednesday at 11. Uh, live streaming to the Wildman Web Solutions Facebook page. Uh, so make sure to join in uh, or join us every week. Um, with me this week, as always, let's see, I've got Mike. Mike, are you seeing what I'm seeing right now? I think I'm here, Miles. Or How did you do this? How did you do, what happened? Okay, so last week, um, Mike logged in as me to be able <laughs> to run this live stream by himself, and now he's still logged in as me. So that's how we're doing this. Mike, do you wanna do you wanna jump off and jump back in, logged in as as you? Because this is this is freaking me out. <laughs> I guess. I mean. I guess I could do that, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, bear with me here. Uh, okay. God bless Be Live here, Be Live for the win. I'll be back. Okay. So we're going to jump into this um, without Mike here real quick. So hopefully he'll be jumping back in with us answering some more uh, marketing-based questions. But um, we did get a couple of questions coming in just before this show um, on a particular topic I wanted to spend a little time on, and that is conversions. Um, so whether you're running a marketing campaign to a, um, uh, to a landing page, or if this is your normal business website or something like that, basically when users get to that website, you want them to do something. That something is called, whether that's filling out a contact form, uh, buying something from the e-commerce store, um, or otherwise giving you their email or the contact information. Um, we want them to convert. So um, that is, oh, we might be getting a mic back here. Let's try this. There we go, there's Mike. Who dis? All right, so I was just going into landing page conversions. <laughs> well, hold on, that... hold on a second there, Miles. Before we get all businessy. Before we get all businessy. Okay. We've we've got a we've got a special occasion here on the show. Miles is back. 
Miles was back. back. And on Miles's trip, he got engaged. So we've got to say congratulations to Miles. He uh, he popped the big question. He got engaged. Uh, the good news is she did say yes. And and so big congratulations uh, to Miles and Rachel. And and Miles, I gotta hand it to you. I I really like the the approach that you had. You know, in asking on the, at the top of a fourteen thousand foot mountain, thousands of miles from home. You know that 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 puts a, a little bit of a pressure on her to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we said it's before, really I hard to say I, no in that situation when you're. You know, I did have to stay around. stay on brand and do things a little <laughs> bit wild manish. So yeah, yeah, we went out to Colorado, climbed a few mountains. Actually, did three fourteeners on this trip. So uh, it was it was a good one. But thanks thanks for the the shout out there and putting me on the spot it's okay we're really happy so uh thanks everyone for the congratulations by the way it's been awesome all right now well, we can do the show now we can do the show we've yeah. got two miles up front we've got an announcement we've got three <laughs> backtracks let's let's go ahead and answer some questions this is oh, wild man by the way um so yeah i was just getting into uh landing page conversions we had a couple of conversations at a couple co uh questions from clients recently about um, increasing conversions, what you need to do in order to get a landing page or even just a more extensive business website to to convert. So starting off with just the definition of, of conversions, that could be buying something from your e-commerce store or uh, filling out a contact form, giving you some contact information. Maybe they're signing up for a, a newsletter or somehow giving you their email. Uh, did you want to expand on the just just what a conversion is there off, off the top before we get sure to yeah i mean a, a conversion is just basically getting them to do what we want them to do right. so it, it can be completely customized to yeah the, an actual purchase to getting them to download something to getting them to fill out a form uh but yeah the conversion is just yeah whatever it, it the objective goal of that campaign and that traffic is uh and that's what we track and we do that through uh, pixels, um, and so we're able to see which ads and, and things like that, and which which uh, source of traffic is converting the best, and then optimize from there. Yeah, and that's actually where I was planning on starting uh, with just sort of the conversion tips. There's a lot of things you can do to increase conversions, make it easier for people, and um, you know just get a higher percentage of people who are visiting that that page and who are actually doing what it is you want them to do. Uh, the first tip I I have on there, and you start to touch on it, is just tracking everything. A lot of people, um, you know, they they come to us and ask about increasing conversions or getting people to fill out a form, buy a thing, and we say, well, you know what's your current conversion rate? Um, how many people go to your website and how many people of that group are are doing what you want them to do? Do you know what they are doing if they're not doing that? And you know, people just have no idea. It's complete, we're just flying blind at that point. So the first step is always tracking everything. Uh, that could be um, setting up Google Analytics on your website. That could be setting up a Facebook pixel like Mike was just talking about, or literally you're just sort of copying and pasting a little bit of code on your website or if you have a WordPress site it might be a plugin uh, or other content management systems have other sorts of plugins to integrate these sorts of tracking codes but in uh, using those things we can actually see where people are coming from uh, 
Uh, we can see what they're doing once they get to your website, what pages they're visiting, how long they're spending on those pages. Um, I, some technologies allow for like heat maps, so you can see where they're clicking on a particular page, uh, where they're actually spending more of their time, so you can see what's working, what's not, what's attracting attention, um, and what's just you know scaring people away. So, yeah, my, my first tip on that, and I'll let you expand on it maybe a little bit, especially on the Facebook side of things, is just track everything. You need to get some sort of, of analytics on there to even get a starting point before trying to increase conversions. Yeah, 100% miles. Uh, tracking is so important, uh, you know, especially so we can manage, you know, which, which ad sets or, or which campaigns are actually being the most effective and of course you know as we continually optimize campaigns the whole goal is to double down so to speak on the, the things that are working and eliminate the things that are, are not working as well uh, and if if you're in that that uh, uncomfortable area of a lot of things not working so well um, you know if, if you're not getting conversions I guess so to speak uh, then the tracking is going to be in the data you're, you're able to exhume from that is going to be your best friend because that's going to be you know the uh the contra i can't talk this morning the crumb crumb trail uh of, of cookies so to speak that's being left you know and you could you can follow those crumbs to find out uh, exactly what's going on in your campaign what's going wrong um and it's usually you know there's there can be more than one thing going wrong uh, in the campaign if you're, if you're not getting good results. And so it's really important to set up uh, all that stuff correctly uh, from the get-go and so you're able to see exactly, like I said, which ad sets or, or campaigns are performing better than others. And, uh, and Miles, real quick with that good on a, a brief rabbit hole, uh, if, if you're not getting good conversions, uh, you know, a lot of times I see people, they overanalyze uh, the targeting and they, they underanalyze the content and the offer. And, and that's what I would just recommend that people really uh, dive into and see if that's what your problem is first. You know, it, what I mean by content is, uh, is, is the value that you're putting out, uh, is, it, is it actually being received and perceived as value by your in uh, target audience? Or are they don't care, they're not engaging with it, they, you know, whatever it is. Uh, the problem on it and then of course the offer we're talking about is the actual uh, deal so to speak or whatever your service or product is that you're offering to the client and maybe you're just not offering you're not positioning that product or service properly and sometimes it could be just a, a simple tweak like that oh we should have had free shipping on that offer now it's flying off the shelf right so uh, those are two main things to consider and and don't worry as much about am I reaching these you know, the greatest targeted audience of all time? Uh, you know, I always say I'd rather uh, say the wrong thing to or say the right thing to the wrong people, you know, than, than the wrong thing to the right people. So uh, that's something to consider if you're having some struggles uh, with your conversions. Yeah, definitely. Messaging is is really important, uh, and especially in the analytics world, um, it does allow you to sort of try and test a bunch of different things so you can put out a couple of different messages and since you have all those analytics set up you're tracking everything you can see okay these two over here you know didn't really do anything no one was interested but this one people love this we got a lot of traffic from this particular piece of 
of content. So maybe let's try to expand on that. Let's see what we did right over here, what we did wrong over there. So analytics really allows you to not only see you know, where people are coming in and how they're using your site in order to increase uh, conversions, but allows you to test some stuff and maybe grow uh, your your content creation, your marketing campaigns. But all this works mm -hmm. outside of paid campaigns as well, even if you're not running Facebook ads or Google ads or anything like that. You don't have an SEO campaign happening. Um, you just have an existing website out there. You're putting out organic content on social media. Um, you know, putting these analytics on your site and measuring everything allows you to see where people are coming from. If they're mm -hmm. finding you organically on search engines, if they're ser searching for you directly by name, that means you have a you know good brand awareness out there. Um, or if they're finding you from social media, if they are finding you from social media, from what channels, at what times, um, and that can help to uh, you know connect your traffic to what you're actually doing online. So it can be very, very yeah. informative. That's a good um, point, Smiles. Uh, one other thing I was going to add, though, there, if 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 I may, uh, you know, the this, this kind of ties back into what I was talking about a little bit about uh, last week in terms of funnels. So I, I just want to tie that back in together. I know you Absolutely. weren't. I, I know you missed last week. You got to go back and watch the. It was it was quite exhilarating. I'm sure. <laughs> just kidding. I missed you. Uh, but you know, I also don't want people to get so in the weeds and so focused on the data that they're forgetting the big picture and they're forgetting about where their customers are in the funnel, because that could be another thing uh, that can maybe lead to an overreaction. Like if I'm I'll just give an example. If I'm running a campaign, you know, two, three months in and I'm, I'm not getting the conversions that I want, well, I could take that data the wrong way and I could then think, hey, my content is wrong, my offer is wrong, my targeting, you know, everything's wrong, right? And I go back to the drawing board and I throw it all out and I come back to something completely different. But what if I just hadn't had the campaign going long enough to get people from the top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel, right? Because conversions only happen in the very last stage of the funnel. Uh, and if people who didn't watch last week, you know, we have a post up on the Facebook page uh, or LinkedIn, wherever, wherever you want to go, uh, that explains the five stages of the funnel, right? Unawareness all the way down to action at the bottom where the conversion happens. And so that's something to keep in mind, uh, big picture wise, is where is my target audience at in that conversion? stage and if the rift's still at the top or in the middle well maybe i don't need to throw out the baby with the bathwater. maybe i just need to you know tweak my messaging tweak my offer tweak my content in order to talk to people where they're at in that funnel and of course the other thing to keep in mind is that there the audience is in different places all at once and and so this is where uh, remarketing and retargeting you know really come into play which is something that i didn't dive into a whole lot uh, last week, but this ties into it, you know, so I, I have to be able to remarket to somebody because the chances of them going all the way through the funnel are very, very small. Last week, I gave the example of a fast food restaurant. You know, that's something that it is, it is possible to go through the funnel. I could be hungry driving down the road. I see a sign that says hamburgers. I've never seen this place before in my life, but I'm like, how bad could it be? I pull into the drive through I get a couple double cheeseburgers, and boom, I've gone all the way through the funnel, right? But for most businesses, that it, the funnel is way longer than that. It's months, years sometimes uh, before before that happens. So we have to have a way in order to retarget people. And this is actually as soon as I got off the uh, the stream yesterday, last week, 
client called me and we had this this you know, very similar discussion here uh, about the differences of cold traffic, warm traffic, and then I guess red hot traffic uh, and, and how that affects your conversion rate. And so just real quick, you know, we'll, we'll explain what this means and it, it's really simple. Uh, you can probably already figure it out. Cold traffic is people who are at the top of that funnel. They stumbled upon you. They just went from complete unawareness to some level of awareness, but they don't know anything else, right? So the chances of them converting are very, very low. If you're doing a good job, you can convert 3% roughly of your cold traffic. So we want to get people out of cold traffic stage into warm traffic stage or the middle of the funnel as quick as we can. And so a, a great way to do that is to remarket or retarget to somebody. So if somebody sees my ad, they visit my website, it's completely cold traffic. They have no idea who we are, but they had some sort of interest, right? They clicked on it, but the chances of them converting again are very low. So through again, through the pixel, we can then remarket or retarget to that person as they go across the internet and visit other sites. And we can remind them and give them other offers, other content, et cetera, et cetera, and move them down through that awareness stage into conviction and action. And and that's how all of this ties in together and how you need to be uh, working you know, your funnel, so to speak, properly at all the various stages in order to maximize the conversions at the end. So, right, so yeah. yeah I, I appreciate <laughs> the, the callback there. Um, and I do think it is important to differentiate here, though we're talking about conversions and ultimately that is that is what you want. You want people to convert. Just because you have someone go to your website and then leave without doing the exact thing that we're talking about that would qualify as a conversion doesn't mean it's a failure. Um, if you have someone go to your website and they just leave before the page even loads, we might need to talk about something at that point. But if they go and they check out a more informative page on your website, they look about, uh, they look at the about you section, the services, uh, they're reading through your blog post or something like that. That's not necessarily a failure um, at that point. It's just maybe they are uh, towards the top or, or middle of that funnel that Mike's just talking about. So it is important to be tracking all that stuff and understand all of this in a broader context of a, a long-term sales funnel. Um, so moving past this, we just talked about um, you know tracking people coming to your website, tracking conversions, making sure you have analytics set up. If you are running any sort of uh, campaign, marketing campaign, SEO campaign, make sure that you're tracking everything in relation to that campaign so you can see what's working and what's not. Um, understand that the conversion isn't the only metric that you need to be measuring. We need to be looking at this in a broader context, but now I want to talk a little bit about the page itself. So whether we're talking about a business website or a landing page for a specific campaign or something, there's a couple of elements we want to make sure are, are present on that page uh, to make sure that you are maximizing conversions, that people who are uh, coming to that website are staying there, they're seeing what you want them to see, and they're doing what you want them to do. So I'll have a couple of notes on it, and then Matt, Mike, I can, uh, I can pass it off to you. I'm sure you'll have some as well. Uh, so the first one I kind of hinted at just a second ago, and that's load time. Uh, one of the biggest things that we see um, looking at that, those analytics when we set those up is something called a bounce rate. Um, if the bounce rate is too high, that means that someone is going to your website and immediately leaving. A lot of times they'll leave, they, they will leave before the page even loads. So if your page takes more than 
know, two seconds to load, then you're losing a lot of people, depending on what stats you look at there. Um, if your page takes more than two, three seconds to load, you could be losing 60, 80% of your traffic just right there, especially on mobile. If someone doesn't have uh, you know, great reception or something like that, uh, it can take a little bit longer for pages to load on mobile. If your website isn't 100% uh, mobile optimized, it can take a little bit longer to load there. And uh, a majority of web browsing is now done on mobile devices. It's just the reality of the world we're in now. So if you don't have a fast, mobile-friendly website, then you're going to have a very high bounce rate. And people are going to be bouncing off that site and never seeing your content, never even seeing the opportunity to convert, let alone convert. So that's the first one there. Make sure that your website is fast and fast on mobile as well. Um, second, second point I have here is just the design elements of it. Um, I know a lot of people, they look at the website as a tool. It's just a function thing. You put it up there. If it has the right stuff, if it loads fast, it has a form, people will fill it out. And especially in people in my space, the developers, the techie people, they don't necessarily look at the aesthetics of the entire thing and they realize how important it is that this thing looks good, it looks professional, especially if, they're ha if you're having them buy something, they're putting credit card information into your website, you need to look legit. Um, and if your design isn't compelling, um, if it doesn't look pretty, if it looks sketchy, if it looks like it was built in 1995, um, then people are not going to as readily put their information in there. They're not going to as readily uh, buy things on there. Um, they're just going to leave immediately. So there is something to be said for a beautifully designed, modern um, website that gives you this sort of this sort of authority and reputation right off the bat as, some, as soon as someone sees this. Um, and that's not even touching on the sales side of it, where if it really represents you and your brand, then it's touching on your brand image and your other marketing in order to help uh, increase sales there. Um, and then the last point I had, and I'm sure Mike will probably touch on this as well, um, is make it easy for them, no matter what the conversion is. If it's a contact form, if it's email collection, you need to have that, that button, that form right there in their face right away. It needs to be above the fold, which means that you don't have to scroll to it. Uh, it needs to be obvious what they need to be putting in there. It needs to be user-friendly so they don't have to go through four or five different steps in order to give you something. It should be very easy, quick, one-step, idiot-proof type of conversion. So the, the more hurdles you put in the way of that, um, the lower your conversion rate is going to be. That means um, if they have to click three or four times in order to get to the form to fill out, you're going to have less people converting on it. Um, or even something as little as just having a ton of fields in your form. If you're just asking for their email, you're going to get more conversions than if you ask for their first name, last name, phone number, email, business address, and also give us some comments. Even if that information might be useful for you, every additional step, every additional field is bringing down that overall conversion rate. So you've got to make it as quick and easy as possible. Uh, with that, Mike, you want to jump in as well? I think that was uh, that was kind of my notes. Yeah, Miles, that was good stuff. Um, I don't have a, I agree with all of that. Uh, don't have a whole lot more to add other than, uh, yeah, I want to harp on your last point a little bit. You know, I, I think that uh, 
I was saying this the other day in a meeting to somebody, uh, you know, the whole point of technology is to reduce the amount of friction between you and the end consumer. And so if we're utilizing our technology correctly, and website is one of the biggest pieces of technology that small businesses have, uh, that should be the goal at all points on the site is to make it, as you were saying, as easy uh, as possible for them to uh, make the purchase, get information, to get their questions answered, et cetera, et cetera. And, and so to that end, uh, one thing that I, I would add as a suggestion to help conversions is that people look at uh, chatbots. I think that that's a, a way that's highly effective um, on, on Facebook or, or on your website itself to get those unanswered questions uh, answered and, uh, and provide another opportunity to close that person, so to speak, to make a sale before they leave the website. Because it's, it's obviously tremendously harder to, to get somebody to come back to a website repeatedly than it is, you know, one or two times. And so we want to maximize that first or second visit as much as we can. And sometimes a chat bot is an extremely great way in order to do that. And I know it's, uh, a lot of people have been successful in really upping their conversion rate uh, through the use of a chat bot. So uh, that's definitely something that I would recommend people look into and see if it's right for them. Absolutely. Chatbots can be can be really cool. And the technology around developing those are making them more uh, more advanced and more readily available than ever. So, uh, yeah, I, I see that. I definitely see that progressing and getting more and more popular um, and uh, more and more effective, especially in the small business space. Yeah, it's it's a great way to not only increase your conversions, but also increase the volume of sales per customer. You know, because the chatbot can so easily upsell them, you know, and say, oh, well, what about this? What about this? You know, suggest things to them, answer their questions and say, oh, well, actually, you know, consider this. And so they go to your website looking for one thing and maybe they end up with four or five, six things uh, after they get done, you know, uh, asking the chatbot questions and navigating through those sequences. So, yeah, yeah really important tool possibly more important. I, I don't know where this falls in that hierarchy, but uh, chatbot doesn't sleep either. So yeah, right, it's there right. all the time, uh, whether you're open or closed, middle of the night, it can talk to anyone anywhere in the world at any time, answer their questions, and maybe even sell them some stuff. And you just wake yeah. up in the morning, walk into the shop, and four sales were made last night by this this little bot on your website. So Yeah, like, like yeah. we talked about before, Miles, I mean, automation, uh, especially in e-commerce, uh, yeah, it's it's a game changer. You know, it makes small businesses be able to be nimble with while also being robust, you know, in their offerings and uh, and be able to uh, execute great products and services to people at a volume and a level that they wouldn't be able to to do with the, the old you know logistical supply chain, so to speak, before uh, for all this automation. And, uh, and, and folks, it's just a reminder, this is all just getting started. You know, this is mm -hmm. still, it's still so early in the game. You know, if we, I know we reminisce sometimes on the show, but if you just think, God, just five, 10 years ago, the way uh, commerce was and where it's going now, and, and, and it's just getting started, you know, uh, e-commerce is, is a baby, you know in terms of uh, the natural progression of the, the economics of human societies, right? They've been happening for thousands of years. 
um, this e-commerce thing is just in the infant stages, and uh, and so you want to you want to pay attention to it and get on board as much as you can, as quick as you can, because it's just going to keep getting uh, more ramped up and more sophisticated the longer this thing goes. But yeah, it's exciting stuff. Not a fad. <laughs> we harp on that a lot on, on this show here. But uh, yeah, this thing is definitely not a fad. It's definitely not going anywhere anytime soon. It's uh, not, it it's, yeah, it's not a fad in, here in, the, in the near future, for sure. And it's, yeah. it's important to stay on top of all the new developments. But and traditional uh, retail all, isn't dead either, you know? That's true. Uh, you know, it, it's the hybrid, I think, is what wins. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I I think people like we talked about before they need to stop thinking in terms of one or the other and and work on both. I mean, there are there are big uh, direct to consumer brands out there who are now uh, opening up retail places. Uh, you know, Warby Parker is an example of this. Uh, very popular glasses maker, they revolutionized the entire you know uh, eye industry, uh, and and started selling glasses online at a time when nobody was selling glasses online, ended up taking a tremendous amount of market share through online sales. And now they've actually expanded into opening up retail shops. And here's the kicker, Miles, this is is a fun stat for you. Their their cost of acquisition rate is dropping as they open up more retail sales because of the awareness that the retail stores sales are doing. So they're actually by opening up the retail sales, they're spending less money on Facebook and Instagram and, and other advertising, and they're getting more sales because people are seeing the the stores they you know in high traffic areas and things like that. The awareness factor is is exponentially increasing, so they're actually getting more people on the top of the funnel for less than they were before. Uh, so it's I don't know, it's crazy crazy yeah. days, crazy days. Big we, and. We, we've definitely gone a red down rabbit hole here, Miles. Do you want to pull yeah. us out and get us back on track? Well, I do think <laughs> that was that was important here, especially since we are talking about conversions. If you were converting someone, you want them to do something. A lot of times that does tie into, into e-commerce. And I know we harp on that a lot, but there is a big and there when it comes to e-commerce and traditional retail. Um, one is just another arm of the other. There's no reason to look at these two things as as opposing ideas or anything. Miles, Miles, I'm promise you, I'm gonna let you get back on track. I just, I have one other thought there, and then I'm gonna let it lie. Uh, to your point, though, about merging the two together, yeah, you're there. I can see you. Okay, good. Yeah, you were just, you were freezing a little bit there. Uh, it's interesting that Salesforce, they don't even use the term e-commerce. They just say commerce. You know that, that this is commerce now, and and vice versa. You know that it's all intertwined as one. And I think that that's a really healthy perspective uh, moving forward, that it's not traditional retail versus, uh, you know, direct to consumer online. It's, this is the new age of commerce is, you know, all the the emergence of the two, uh, you know, what we used to think of opposing sides. So, all right, I'm gonna let it lie. Yes, back oh, right. Let's uh, let's come back here. So we are talking about increasing conversions. Um, that was that was a good direction to to find that rabbit hole and good information. But um, you know, we were talking about how to increase conversions, some good things to do, measuring, analytics, all that kind of thing. But I also wanted to co- touch on a couple of points of you know maybe what not to do or at least what to be careful of. 
Um, Because there are some dated ideas around this um, that we have to be a little bit careful of, if not maybe avoid entirely. The first one I want to talk about is kind of tying into what you've mentioned before, um, that 80-20 rule of providing value, provide value, provide value, and then ask them to do something. Um, And it kind of ties into a concept of a paywall. Um, If you do have, if you are asking someone to buy something on your website, to buy access to it, if you put some content behind the paywall, um, some people will classify that as a conversion. You're trying to get someone to go to your website. You put up some little teaser on social media. They click on it, and it turns out they have to pay $5 to get access to your thing or to your class or to your blog post or whatever it is. the stats on that have been going down for for a long time. Um, I think that it's not something to completely avoid, but definitely something to view as a further down the sales funnel type of idea than maybe it used to be. This shouldn't be your initial ask. And I see this mistake uh, with a lot of people, a lot of different kind of uh, businesses of all sizes, where they do put out that that immediate little teaser, and then as soon as you click on it, you immediately hit a paywall. Before I know anything about you, before I understand the value, before you've given me anything, and you're just immediately asking me to to pay you something. Um, but people like seeing that stat because it brings them, it brings people to your website. So you get that increased traffic, but you don't necessarily get that conversion. Um, so when it does come to paywalls, and I, I'll let you touch on this as well and get your opinion on it, but um, I think that it is, I mean, still obviously a valuable mechanic if you want people to subscribe to your blog or to your your magazine or whatever it is, uh, whatever they're buying online. Um, but it should be viewed as a, a very deep down that sales funnel type of idea. You need to, if you put a teaser out on Facebook or on Twitter and they click on it, they need to be able to see something. You need to provide some value there first and then maybe do that another time or two before introducing them to that paywall is that is something that will just, me personally, that'll just turn me off to a company immediately. If that's the first thing I see, if I immediately run into a paywall with a company, then I'm no longer interested. Do you have any thoughts on on that? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, I, it goes back to I, you know our discussion a couple weeks ago about content marketing. And, yeah. you know, I guess, our belief, and there's there's caveats to this, of course, uh, is that you know you should give away all your content for free, and that that should be the vehicle that you're getting people, uh, you know, all the way through your funnel, and you're not just putting a teaser out there, is is you appropriately use that term, which a lot of people do, just to get somebody in the very top of the funnel, and then the next step is they skip all the way to the bottom, <laughs> and they're like buy something, right? And so, so what you know, what they're doing is is a it's a it's a really shitty funnel, Miles. I mean, that's what it that's what it is. Pardon my French, you know. But you know, they're yeah, they're trying to do you know a one two call, you know, step closed, you know, type of a tactic, and it's uh it's it's very shallow, you know, uh, not a lot of depth, you know, to that type of sales, uh, for sure. And, and 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 a lot of times it's not needed. You know, a lot of times people are trying to too quickly monetize their audience or they think that they have, you know, some piece of information or something that they could then turn, you know, into a PDF or a video or something like that that people can purchase. And generally speaking, when they go down this this business model uh, route, they're leaving a lot of money on the table. 
And so that's what we a lot of times try to talk with people about and get them to realize that in, instead of you know selling all this information in, in a PDF or a video for, for $19.99, you know, what if you gave away all of the information in the PDF in the video and then you grew your audience exponentially and then you figured out something else in order to provide for them? Uh, and a lot of times that is just access uh, that, that uh, or you know affiliate links, you know things like that that we've talked about before on the show, where you can you know offer products and services to your audience that don't have you know anything that you don't have to house. They're not your products. You know you're just partners basically with uh, other products that you believe in. But even that, I think, uh, can be a little bit of a dangerous catch twenty two situation. And if possible, you should not try to monetize your audience. Uh, you know, you should use that as your marketing uh, generation and to push people down through the funnel as, as far as you can get them. Now, at some point, you're, you're thinking a little bit, what am I doing this for, right, if I, if I can't monetize anything? Well, at some point, you will be able to monetize. But it's not the content itself that's going to be the monetization item. That's the vehicle that's getting them to whatever that product or service is at the end of the line. And, and so that's, uh, you know, just our kind of philosophy, I guess, uh, around this question of, of paywalls is I understand it for some businesses that that's all they have is that PDF or the, or the video, you know, to sell. Uh, and so they can't give away the whole thing. Uh, but I think that that's also a really limited business model from the get. And that could be recrafted and reframed into something a little bit broader thinking, more sophisticated. Uh, that you could offer access to, you know, um, you know, a private group is a great example of this. You know, uh, somebody who gives away content via uh, downloadable eBooks or a podcast or a weekly show or whatever it is, they build up an audience through time over that, but then they don't charge people to, oh, hey, you can watch the first two minutes of my stream and then the next twenty minutes is twenty dollars. No, they'll just have a separate offering. That is only access to the you know do something exclusive or get something from them that you have to opt in to join, but all of their regular content is for free, and I really believe that over time that that's going to be the most successful model. Miles, are you uh, you having some internet connection issues over there, or is it just me? Is it all mine? No, no, that's me. Uh, okay, I'm not entirely sure what's going on over here. So if I freeze at some <laughs> point, um, take it away, Mike. But yeah, that's why I started this conversation with. Um, maybe not completely avoid these things or don't do these things, but maybe be a little careful around this. Yeah, yeah. These aren't blanket answers or, or anything. There's always, there's a time and place for a lot of things. Um, I, I don't ever want to say never do something, um, but I, I do see this, this paywall problem as a, a recurring and kind of dated solution, whereas now e-commerce has become so, so advanced, those kinds of shallow funnels, they just, they aren't effective anymore. So right. caution people against that if they have another, another avenue. Um, and, yeah, and unfortunately, there's a lot of it out there that, that we see, you know, especially in, I, I gave a little bit of a, of my stance on on click funnels and things like that last week but uh you know i, I guess a little bit of these uh, less than credible agencies that are out there uh you know they're you see them pushing a lot of this kind of stuff um 
where it's just it's really just bottom feeder. Uh, get somebody into the top of the funnel as quick as you can, and then whoop, cut all the way to the bottom and try to get them to convert. If it doesn't, who cares? We're going on to the next one. And, you know, it's a complete volume game, and it's a really really bad way to uh, go about a sales process, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know that that, that kind of hits on a lot of points that we we touch on regularly in this show, as far as looking at things in a a broader scope and looking at things in a long term way. Uh, I think that ultimately that's that's going to be much better than trying to play that that quick um, high volume game. Uh, ultimately, for your business, it's going to be much better to look at this thing in a broader scope. But another dated practice that I see in a similar vein is pop-ups. Lots of pop-ups popping up all the time, very quickly. As soon as you navigate to a website for the first time, there's immediately a pop-up asking you to do something, sign up for something, offering you a promotion, whatever it is. Um, and that's another one of those those kinds of shallow sales funnel type ideas that I think was popular in the early internet days, uh, you know, 90s websites, pop-ups all over the place. Um, it's either a virus or someone asking you to buy something. Um, and, and now a lot of people do it with um, collecting emails, um, with offering promotions. But again, it just comes up too quick and it's kind of a dated way to present that information. I think that if you're going to ask for emails, if you're going to uh, offer a promotion or something, you can push that out through uh, through social media, through groups, through email marketing, and much better ways of delivering that content to to your audience. That's not just this pop up. Because I don't know about you, but immediately when I see a pop up on a website, I'm clicking out of it. I don't even read the thing. I might even just leave the website immediately if that's the very first thing I see. There's a little bit to be said for, um, you know, there's some time delayed ones or ones with triggers so that if you go to leave a website, a pop-up will will jump up and say, hey, wait, don't go, here's 5% off, whatever. Um, or, you know, if, you're, if you've been on a website for 10 minutes already, then a pop-up will be triggered. So there, may, there might be something to be said for that with a little bit of strategy and some analytics behind it to see what's working and what's scaring people off. Um, but in general, I would definitely caution people to immediately jump on the the concept of throwing a pop-up on their website. It's yeah. an immediate turnoff for a lot of people. And if you don't do it exactly right, it can be very detrimental to your overall sales funnel and your conversion rate. Yeah, I agree there, Miles. Uh, I don't mind as much on the back end. You know, I think it could be, you know, a good you know, upsell or get somebody to stop leaving the website. But yeah, I think the full screen pop-ups are, are really outdated. You know, I, I notice um, websites now that a lot, a lot of them are using the kind of smaller bar in the left corner kind of pop-up, you know, alert uh, notification. I don't mind those as much, you know, just kind of like, hey, don't forget about this, you know, or something like that, rather than coming up on the full screen. Yeah, I think that's a, we're out of here. Uh, you're, just, you're just Xing out of that, but. Yeah, that can that can certainly uh, harm your conversion rate as well. I, I, I'd avoid it, uh, yeah, other than other than possibly on the back end, like, like you said. There's a time and place for everything, so definitely not completely bashing anything here. And sometimes there is a a place for something like this, but yeah. again, just right there up front, without any value added, you're throwing a pop up at someone. There's no easier way to than to just to scare them off immediately than than doing that. So.
um, I would definitely caution against the use of pop-ups outside of a much larger, broader strategy. And again, kind of maybe using it with some more advanced triggers and towards the back end a little bit further down in that, that sales funnel mentality. So those were uh, those were my notes on conversions. I did want to just bring it back a little bit for anyone just joining us or just seeing this. This is Ask Wildman, an open Q&A show produced by Wildman Web Solutions. Um, and my team are here every week, Wednesday at 11, live streaming to our Facebook page, the Wildman Web Solutions Facebook page, to answer any and all questions you want to throw out here about business, technology, marketing, or if you just want to ask us how our day is going, you can throw those questions in the comments below or email us at askwildman at wildmanweb.com, and we'll try to get to your questions um, probably in the next show. All right, so we have any more questions in the pipeline here? Mike, did you have any on your side? Um, I had one question that came in okay. regarding Facebook targeting. Uh, basically, the question was, you know, if, if I'm targeting an interest on Facebook, uh, what does that mean? And am I just going to end up targeting people that do that for a living? You know, that, that, was, that was essentially the question that came in. Uh, so first of all, some people who don't maybe aren't familiar, uh, Facebook Ads Manager is the application that we create Facebook ads with uh, for Facebook and Instagram and the Facebook Audience Network. And there's different categories that you can target uh, based on all sorts of things, right? So uh, if I want to target uh, financial planning, then I can target that as an interest. I can target it as a behavior or I could target it as a, a job title or an occupation. And, and so which category we select is of course gonna differentiate you know, who we're, we're really trying to reach uh, with that one target of a financial planning. Uh, so if I want to actually target financial planners, well then I'm gonna use the job title and I'm gonna actually target those people. If I wanna target people who are interested in financial planning, then what that means is uh, it's going to be people who have maybe visited websites uh, concerning financial planning. Maybe they like uh, certain pages on Facebook or Instagram concerning financial planning. Maybe they're doing some searches uh, on, on the platform for financial planning, et cetera, et cetera. They are engaging with content surrounding financial planning. So Will there be perhaps some financial planners also lumped in with that? Yeah, you know that you're going to have some overlap, but you know not so much the other way, right? People don't put their job title as financial planners on Facebook that aren't actually financial planners, unless they're just complete nutcases, which there are a few of those on Facebook. We won't we'll completely rule that out, but for, for the most part, uh, that's how you're going to be able to distinguish. Uh, if I'm going after people who are just wanting to know about this or if they actually do this. Um, and of course, you know, that's going to be a, a big uh, factor in, in who you reach with your targeting. So so it is it is broken up a little bit like that. And you're not just going to, you know, have to uh, reach anybody who targets or who types in financial planning if you're only trying to reach somebody who does that for a living and, and vice versa. That's, Hopefully that answers the question. <laughs> Hope so. If not, or if you want us to dive deeper into anything that we're doing here, throw your uh, your comments, questions in the comments below. 
uh, or, or email us. I do have that address scrolling across the bottom here, so you can grab that at any point. Um, I know we have another meeting here coming up at noon, so we're going to be wrapping up our show today. Uh, just to wrap it up, like I said, this is Ask Wildman Open Q&A, so please join us every Wednesday at 11 on our Facebook page. Um, and ask any and all questions you want. We are providing this as a resource to anyone and everyone who might find this useful. So um, it'd be a big help if you went ahead and liked and shared this video. Let your friends know if you have any business owner friends or people who just want to learn a little bit more about the digital marketing space, about technology, about marketing strategies in general as they apply to uh, technology in the modern world, then please let them know. Uh, you know, we want to reach as many people as possible, answer as many questions as possible, and be as much of a resource as possible. So it'd be a big help if you just like and share this and you know, tell your friends about Ask Wildman. But that's it for me today. Mike, any last words for, uh, for the beautiful fans out there? Well, I will just uh, echo my congratulations again. The Thank miles on getting engaged. Big stuff, big stuff. And uh, yes, thanks for the questions. Thanks to everybody who uh, tuning in. And yeah, please give us some likes, some some hearts, some shares if you're getting some value out of this. And we hope you have a very prosperous week. We'll see you next time. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. And I will see you all next week. Thanks for listening to Ask Wildman. Send us a question for next week's show at askwildman at wildmanweb.com.